You know, if I was uh, if I was in baseball, this would be my walk-up song. Welcome back, everyone. This, yeah, it is, this is a good one, right? Some sort. They need to be wrestling themes for uh, baseball walk-up songs. And then Coors Field has been doing this great thing where the lights are flickering like crazy towards the like seventh or eighth inning, and it, it just looks like a nice little theatric. So, welcome back, everyone. This is a fan cave. Uh, this is Ryan with Drives at Mile High. I haven't plugged my company too much, um, but we are uh, renting out quite a bit, bit of exotic cars and sport and luxury SUVs. And we just talked about the main three exotic sports cars of Denver's sport market. We had the Broncos, the Nuggets, and the um, Colorado Avalanche. And I am uh, brought to you today by with um, Andrew behind the glass over there, and we have Drew Creaseman, Mile High Sports' own Drew Creaseman, who talks Rockies, who has... Drew, are you there with me, my man? I'm with you, oh. I think. All right. I, I'm looking at your articles over here, and put a little light to what's going on if you can, because, it, it, I mean, I see one that says Rockies starting pitching needs new blood, exhibit p- more poor roster management, Kyle Freeland has his chance to do some <laughs> special things. I'm just like, where... What's what's the good, man? What's the good? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, fortunately, very recently on my podcast here uh, on the Mile High Sports Network, I got to talk about some good, and it's it, it comes in the form of the young players and then the farm system, the MLB pipeline, which really are the, the basically the standard. And whenever people say, "Hey, the farm system is ranked X," they're they're talking about MLB pipeline. And they moved the Rockies from like 24th or 25th before the season started to 9th. So wow. if you're looking for some good news, it's that the young players in the farm have been playing really well. The last two years, the Rockies have drafted extraordinarily well. Uh, there is some hope on the horizon in, in terms of some young blood coming up. Uh, and we're actually getting to see a, the, the first little taste of it just right now. Uh, a day or two ago, Michael Tolia made his major league debut and last night he hit his first home run off of one of the best closers in baseball and Kenley Jansen and against you know an obvious postseason team the team that won the world series last year and he didn't even get all of it this is a big six foot five power hitting first baseman who scouts say has a chance to be a gold glove first baseman Todd Helton came back into the organization to specifically work with this kid and he's not even considered right now one of their top 10 prospects uh, he was he was just outside of it, but still a very exciting guy. So, right now the baseball is ugly, and I can look. I can't I can't polish that. For you. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad up there, but you right? know what you're telling me is everything that uh, Anilo Anilo and I were just talking about is the foundation is there for these other teams. It sounds like the Rockies are making some smart moves to build the foundation for the next. You know what would we say? Ten years? Are we looking a little bit longer? How are we going with that, Drew? You know, it's always difficult with prospects in baseball, right? And, and I think there's going to be a lot, actually, that if we're looking at the next 10 years, I actually think the Rockies have a, a really good chance at, you know, not being in that, this division anymore. I think realignment is coming to baseball before too long. And, in fact, I think expansion and realignment are coming to baseball within the next 10 years. And Interesting. one of the... Most difficult things about being the Rockies their entire time is that they've been stuck in a division, not just with the Giants and Dodgers, who are almost always really good and have a lot of money. Those are two of the five best teams in the history of baseball. Uh, they're just institutions. But they also, as you well know, 
when they play in California, which is basically the polar opposite, you know, environment here. The Rockies should play in a division with Arizona, the two Texas teams, and Kansas. Right? That would make sense. That makes sense. One, yeah. Yeah, and and they have brutal travel schedules. This isn't an excuse for anything. They've also done a lot of things terribly over the years. But the Rockies <laughs> have. They, they do play at a. It doesn't help that they also play at a lot of disadvantages when it comes to their environment, their travel, the altitude, hangover effect, all kinds of things like that. So, uh, yeah, I think a young wave of prospects. Um, I do think as much as people don't want to admit it, Bill Schmidt is a very different guy than Jeff Breidich was. And I think that, you know, Dick Mumford's never going to sell the team. And so inside of those confines, I do still think there's an opportunity for them to, yeah, and the expansion of the postseason, things like that, for them to regularly be competing for the division, probably not, but regularly be an 84 to 88 win ball club that can get into the postseason more often than not. And maybe can scare some teams if they line their talent uh, talent up right. Yeah, that's on the table for sure. I love that. You know, um, when Andrew became our producer, he said he was really into baseball. And I was like, oh, cool, now we got to talk baseball. And then he said, well... I like the Cardinals. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going Andrew back and forth. and I have had that conversation as well. <laughs> yeah, just a couple times. Yeah. So, um, I mean, what's what's going on with um, MLB as a whole? I mean, who's who's the big team to be watching? I mean, who's going to sneak into the playoffs? What uh, What's going on? I mean, it is becoming playoff season. September, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it because he's sitting right there, but watch out for those Cardinals. <laughs> Uh, yes, watch out uh, for those Cardinals. Uh, yeah, they, they've been playing exceptionally well as of late. Uh, they have two legitimate MVP candidates and Paul Goldschmidt. You may have heard of Nolan Arenado. Who? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> might, might sound familiar to you. Uh, those guys have been fantastic, and they're playing their best baseball at the right time. Uh, and, and meanwhile, like Milwaukee is pretty heavily faded. Uh, so, you know, they, I think they're doing the right things at the right time. It's really interesting in the other league, you know, in the junior circuit, as I like to call it, uh, <laughs> in the American League, the Yankees have been these absolute juggernauts, right? They got the 70 wins, like, before most teams, any other team had gotten to 60 wins, but they've been just awful lately. And that's one of those things in baseball it's super wild. Right? You can have the best team on paper. The Dodgers have had the best team on paper for eight years running, but right. they only won the World Series in 2020, which nobody counts. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and so it's it's wild. It's last year was the perfect example. Atlanta entered the postseason as the team with the lowest, worst record of anybody in the postseason. There were several teams in the American League that didn't even make the postseason who had better records, like the Seattle Mariners. But Atlanta got in because of the way it all works out. They ran the table, won the World Series. And so, you know, a lot of times it's that. So I personally, because I root for absolute chaos, would like to see the Cardinals and uh, the Toronto Blue Jays in the World Series. That's what I want. Wow. All right. Well, Drew, um, I just got to say, man, I love following you on Twitter. I love your uh, feedback about baseball, but the other thing that was just a gem to me was I found out that you're a huge professional wrestling fan. So this is a fan cave over here, and I want to keep you on for another segment because we do have a big pay-per-view event coming up with Clash at the Castle, and we have some titles that are on the line and a 
pretty cool stories that are coming about on here. And me and Andrew have been kind of going back and forth. So I know we wanted to get a little baseball and see how the Rockies are doing because we talk Nuggets and Broncos. And, and um, you know, our show also has college football on Fridays as well. So, Drew, before we go to this next break, I have a question for everybody who's been on the show today. Um, and this comes from my brother, Roman, who is out in Mexico right now. And this is the first text he sent me today was Mexican bull bullfighting is amazing what would you rather be invested in mexican bullfighting or lucha libre wrestling yeah yeah <laughs> you know i i think i gotta go i gotta go with Emilio on this one but i i can't do the bullfighting thing um but i will say not just that as you know I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan and i think lucha libre is probably my favorite style of wrestling there's a, a local promotion called iwc that puts on a phenomenal show and i've seen guys like ray phoenix and penta and um i've seen ray mysterio jr live here locally and and, and it's always when, when they go into the whole like there's such an artistry to the lucha libre style yes. of professional wrestling and the deeper you get into it the more you learn about the history of like the masks and the tradition and and uh, it's just so cool so it's an easy answer for me. I'm a big Lucha Libre, Mark. I love it. I love it. Hey, stay with me, Drew. We're going to talk. I mean, we could talk about Clash of Castle, or we could just talk about wrestling history if we want to. I, I'm all, I'm all ears, my man. So stay tuned with me. This is Ryan. I'm leading the ship. Oh, well, me and Andrew are leading the ship over here at the Fan Cave. Stay tuned. We have one more segment with Drew Creaseman on 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3, and MileHighSports.com. The fan cave in the final segment of our hour. But you know what the best thing is? We're five days a week, so you gotta hear us every single day between one and two. You start your week with Bree, and you end your week with Tony, and in between you get Ryan and Roman, and, and at all times you go to Andrew. So, um, and we, what do you got, Andrew? <laughs> I just happen to be the the common factor of the fan cave. Yeah, there you go. I'm okay with that. I love it. I love it. And um, we have the best guest, you know, from the Mile High Sports family. Right now, we still have Drew Creaseman on the line, and I get to talk to you about something, you know, besides baseball and besides Rockies, and I'm really excited about this. Drew, let me ask you, man, before we get into Clash of the Castle over here, how do you feel about the Triple H regime right now? After everything that was all said and done after Vince McMahon, you know, stepping down, Stephanie is now co-CEO, and it's being run by Triple H. How do you feel that the WWE is going to be uh, forthcoming? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm one of those people that had, had kind of drifted away for a while and, and was getting a lot more into the AEW scene. And I'm probably still, you know, I'm kind of one of those hipsters now, so I'm still a little into <laughs> into the AEW thing. But um, but I started checking back in after the big news and watching stuff, and, and, and you saw a, a change immediately, I thought. You know, and for me, the biggest thing, honestly, uh, has been... And, and I've felt this way for a long time. I think the one thing where WWE clear in a way has the advantage and really is just the industry leader is that its women's roster is incredible 
but I didn't feel like they were always given the, the opportunity or, or, or the chance to shine. Um, or, or that it would all have to be wrapped up around like one storyline. And I felt like the depth of, of the roster was really the strength. And for me, that's been the biggest change. Uh, and that's why, you know, even though I, I haven't been following some of the, the storylines and some of the stuff as closely, I checked back in for all of the Liv Morgan, uh, Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley, when Ronda Rousey came back, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I always love Bailey. Like those, I, I think they're doing. I, I, I've got Io Shirai, or what? She's something else now. Io Sky. Yeah. Um, uh, she's been low key one of my my favorites for a long time, and but uh, I felt like was just getting kind of getting wasted away uh, in NXT. Not that what she was doing in NXT wasn't amazing, but you just know the fewer people are watching us. Like, there should be a spotlight on this person. She's incredible. Uh, so I'm seeing more and more of that, and and that I think is what's got me most hopeful because it's like you've got to lean into whatever you've got, whatever talent is working, whatever talent is getting over, and those are the characters. I think outside of Roman Reigns, who's just doing incredible work, I, th- I think the 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 women of the roster are just really holding it down, and so you got to lean into that. You you said it best, and if you look at this lineup for Clash of the Castle. I mean, you listed them all. Liv Morgan's going to be there. Uh, Blanca, Be- Bianca Belair, Alexa oh. Bliss, um, you know, Sky. I mean, Rhea Ripley's going to be there. They're going to have a six-woman tag match, and it's showcased. And with the the wrestling, the women wrestling, when it's wrestling, is fantastic. It's amazing to watch, and their theatrics are just amazing. Uh, the storyline, I haven't really caught too much onto it. I mean, the storyline, I'm, I'm a little bit more tied into seeing what Drew McIntyre is going to be doing. Or uh, I'm a big advocate for Seth freaking Rollins over here versus Matt Riddle. I think I think Seth Rollins, sorry, Seth freaking Rollins is going to continue uh, reign in the WWE. And he's going to be uh, right up there along with Cody Rhodes. I, I thought that storyline was just amazing to watch. And that's what drew me right back in on top of what Triple H is doing, it's just only going to solidify me as a fan for the next, I don't know, five, ten years again. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Now is the time to, to get back into it. And, and just that, it's, that there's variety and there's changes, and it's not the same thing all the time. And I, I think that's what a lot of us got frustrated with the last, I don't know, pick a five, ten, fifteen years, depending on some of us. years for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just got so samey, didn't it? It was like, we can only watch Randy Orton and John Cena fight each other so many times, man. Like, let's see some, some other stuff. And so, yeah, I, I think that's been the strength. And if they continue to lean into that, it's going to get me a lot more uh, regular viewing on their part. Yeah. Yeah, and Drew, just to bounce off of your thoughts on the women, you know, how many times have we seen Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch for the mind-numbingly thousandth time, or if it's not a women's title match at a pay-per-view, you don't see any kind of rivalry building between the women's. It's if, if you're not in the main title picture at that specific time, you don't show up for months on end. You know, we finally have a six-woman tag match. I think we've, this first time, for the first time, and since I've re-engaged with the WWE, and a lot of these women, uh, you mentioned EO Sky, Dakota Kai, you know, they either weren't with the company coming into SummerSlam or they were so buried so deep in the on the NXT roster that they just didn't show up. And now we have uh, two women's cha- uh, tag team championships, uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah. Again, two w- uh, NXT 
talents that had been relegated to just not even showing up on television at all. And then Bailey and Alexa and Asuka, like this women's tag match is ridic- is ridiculous. And not even just yeah. the women's titles, but the uh, the mid-card titles. Right. I mean, before this pay-per-view, we had the Intercontinental Championship hasn't been defended on, in a pay-per-view since last year's WrestleMania <laughs> between... Uh, I don't even remember who it was. <laughs> it's been too long. It, 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 yes. Which says everything it needs to. Right. Right. The, uh, the, uh, I'll tell you uh, the thing I've really gotten out of it, especially as of late. For me, a lot of it was the handling of Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, you, you know, that really, uh, I think that's one of the biggest misses in, in modern times. That just He's such an extraordinary talent. They had this match with him and AJ Styles at WrestleMania that could have been incredible, and instead, instead it ends on a low blow. They have, like, this awful rivalry. Shinsuke never really gets the belt, gets relegated to the mid-card, wins the IC belt, and then they took all meaning out of the Intercontinental Championship. And around that time, too, that was also when, like, Finn Balor had, had, like, he was supposed to have his shot, but then he blew out his shoulder. And when he came back, like, he never got another shot at the Universal title that he never lost. And, like, those were the types of characters and the fresh blood that I was enjoying watching. And, and those guys were just getting pushed down in the mid-card, and then the mid-card was mattering less. And, and then, uh, you know, my wife is a huge professional wrestling fan, and she, she's actually the premier, and she would hate to hear me say this, but it's true. She's the premier professional wrestling photographer here in the local scene in Denver, Colorado, at uh, the vast majority of the local promotion. She goes out takes the, the photos at these shows, and she basically quit watching WWE because of Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I've had enough. She's never cheered harder at a moment in pro wrestling than when Drew McIntyre eliminated Brock Lesnar from that Royal Rumble. You know, when he, when he it, like eliminated 12 guys in a row or something. Ah, that just shows uh, that so yeah. Drew McIntyre is going to be a force. And I mean, if this might be the uh, true chance for him to take down Roman Reigns, I think this is going to be the event for it. What do you say, Andrew? No, I I've been on Twitter all about this for the last few weeks. I've been I've been on the radio show a couple times. Like I am all in on this Drew McIntyre. He this push right now. If he loses after this push, it's you know it's in his home country. His entire it, the home field advantage is right now Drew McIntyre's. Uh, we've seen this title reign on Orton Reigns, and I mean no disrespect to him at all. Like he what he's gone through in his personal life and the run that he's on is insane. But it's he's we just celebrated two years of him winning the. Universal Championship like two days ago, yeah. two years. Like I, I am one of those. I'm one of those people that the title reign should never last longer than six or seven months at tops, just to keep things fresh. But he's run through every viable threat that could pose a threat to Roman Reigns, and right now we finally have Drew McIntyre built up to be this indomitable force. And it's it's his time. It's just quite frankly his time. I love it. I'm excited for this. This is uh, Clash of the Castle is this Saturday, right? We're getting a pay-per-view, and it's going to be... You could stream it. Yeah, 11 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, a.m. That early? Oh, I guess it's because across it's the country. in Europe. Well, cool. Yeah. I know what I'm doing Saturday morning. Awesome. Hey, Drew, thanks for joining me, man. I, I am glad to t- we get to talk some baseball over here, and we get to showcase a couple of your articles and 
you know, get the best inside about the Colorado Rockies. And then on the flip side, man, we get to talk a little fun and talk a little wrestling over here. Maybe next time we'll have you talk a little AEW. Sounds like you like the Japanese circuit a little bit more. Um, and you're a little bit more vested in there. So I, I'm curious to hear that, too. Hey, Andrew, before we get going, man, I my question, man, uh, my question to you. Are you watching... Uh, Mexican uh, bullfighting, or are you watching Lucha Libre? Lucha Libre. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorites growing up was Rey Mysterio, and I, I don't, uh, I'm not a big fan of animal on animal violence. So I'm kind of looking it up, and I think it's uh, like actual bullfighting with a guy, but I agree with you. Lucha Libre is amazing, and I mean, my background as well, I haven't been able to say it, but, uh, you know, Eddie, uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, and that whole... Um, style wrestling is just it's there for me so drew again thank you my man i'm i'm glad to have you and i will hit you up anytime and whenever you want to talk sports or rockies or you know wrestling be on the fan cave we'd love to hear your voice absolutely love being on the show appreciate you both all right hey stay tuned with us tomorrow we have the college of college football friday with tony comas and we have john Conisberg as well. He's kind of joining him. So, uh, or not kind of, he is going to be with him. So they're going to be talking, uh, the upcoming games this Saturday. So college football is back. Then we have professional football. We are 11 days away from Monday night football where Russell Wilson takes on the Seattle Seahawks with Geno Smith. Sweet. This is a fan cave on 98.1 FM, 107.5 HT three, uh, brought to you by Ryan and Roman's on vacation. We're from Drives at Mile High, so check us out. Give me a call if you want to take out a sweet ride over the weekend, Labor Day weekend. We can get you set up. And you can always find us on milehighsports.com.